2020 started pretty normal, but the uncertainty of COVID took practically every fiber of optimism for normalcy and smeared it down the gutter of a year scarred by canceled events. One segment affected was stock shows and rodeos across the country, but out of it, a brand new national livestock show has risen to the surface. It's called Cattlemen's Congress, and today we learn more. It's the Working Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Thank you for joining us on this episode as this podcast is in conjunction with Working Ranch Magazine, branded number one by American Ranchers as we work together to provide you with news and information and stories that we hope are going to be relevant and useful in your operation. Yes, today a great episode as we learn more about this new national livestock show that is starting up called Cattlemen's Congress. It'll be kicking off January 2nd, running through the 17th in Oklahoma City. We're going to talk more about that in just a bit, but first, here is what else is on the lineup for our show today. We'll be checking in with Don Day on what kind of weather is building up in the Arctic North that is headed our way as we start a new year, and of course, we'll be checking in with the Captain Tim O'Burn for Tim's Two Cents. Now, I do want to thank those of you that have started following us on this new Working Ranch podcast site. Now, if you're new to the podcast or how they work, if you click on the follow button, then you will be notified each time that we send out a new podcast. Now, if you do have questions about anything that you hear or would like to reach out to me about the episodes, you can do it through email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com or you can give me a call at 307-363-COWS. That's 307-363-COWS. Well, with it being the holiday season and truly being blessed with so much, I think of a story about my wife's grandfather, and she had given him a journal many years ago. He's passed away now, but that journal came with prompting questions that he could share his memories. One such question was in regards to a Christmas memory, and in the journal, he writes about being a young boy during the Great Depression, and he and his brothers and sisters had kept asking their father what they were going to get for Christmas. Now, because the family didn't have much at the time, again, It was through the Great Depression, and their dad didn't want to buy any Christmas gifts. Well, he went outside, and he fired the shotgun in the air. Then he come back in and told the kids that Santa wasn't going to make it this year. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, man, that is just brutal. Well, it and it kind of is, but it probably would today would get you locked up for the psychological scars you have on your kids if we tried something like that. But I guess it does bring us to this point. And sometimes it feels as though our world is about excess and remembering that what Christmas was and is for folks in tougher times is about being thankful for our blessings and those around us. Well, let's check in now with the Captain Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin, and a big holiday howdy to everybody out there in Working Ranch podcast land. Me and Christine, the other day, we were hunting down a brisket recipe, and we ended up on YouTube. Uh, Christine found this wonderful gal from Pennsylvania that was doing a great recipe. And at the beginning of her YouTube, she sourced the Northeast Beef Directory. And she showed everybody how it worked and how if you're looking for beef, you can go on the beef directory, just go on their website, and uh, it's got a whole list of farms in the northeast area, New York and all that, that where you can uh, uh, figure out the kind of beef you're looking for, what your price 
uh, point is, and 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 then you can access that fresh beef right there out of that directory. You know, I scroll down a little bit further, get to the bottom, and I found out this uh, directory was uh, created and sponsored by the Beef Checkoff, which I thought was an amazing use of those resources. I know some folks don't agree with it, but in this case, I couldn't see anything wrong with it. I don't know if there's a Southeast Beef Directory or a Central States or, or whatever, but if there isn't, I'm suggesting that we need to get one in place because this thing was awesome. She loved it, and she had a million views on this YouTube, so that's a big deal. My two cents, Justin, everybody out there in Working Ranch Podcast Land, Merry Christmas, and I hope 2021 blesses you. And right back at you, Captain. Thank you very much. The Captain Tim O'Byrne, and I wish you and Christine the very best during this Christmas season and for a safe and happy year ahead. Well, it has been a year first for a lot of us, and first that we really hope to probably never repeat again. But when COVID began storming across the country, it did put a halt on a lot of activities. And now as we come to a close of another year, we are still seeing events either being canceled or scaled down in order to accommodate health guidelines. Now, in the ranching and livestock industry, we saw its effects on numerous livestock shows and rodeos, county and state fairs, as well as industry conventions and conferences. Now, I was in the stock show and rodeo industry for a number of years, and I know it left many events in really some deep waters of uncertainty that still have not yet receded, and yet they are still trying to find ways to move forward. Now, in the stock show world, there are major shows. For example, the North American International Livestock Expo in Louisville, the American Royal in Kansas City, or the Exarban in Nebraska, Canadian Western Agribition up in Regina, Saskatchewan, and also the big Texas shows like Houston, San Antonio, Fort Worth, San Angelo. Then we have the Arizona National, the Nile in Billings, Montana, and of course, the National Western in Denver, Colorado. Just a few, not to mention all of the state fairs that have also or have huge events, but Practically every show across the country has or is being affected, much of it beyond their control due to COVID. Now, when the National Western Stock Show in Denver, a show that started clear back in 1906 and kind of is considered the national show for 10 major breeds of cattle, announced that they were going to cancel their 2021 show, tell you it was like a vacuum sucking air out of the industry and for many of the cattle breeds as well. Then in early October, rumblings of a new show to fill the void of Denver began surfacing. Today, we learn more about the Cattlemen's Congress set to take place in just a few weeks in Oklahoma City. It's an uncertain world out there, but here's a simple reminder from the crew from the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator and the American Semental Association. Moving forward together. IGS. We collaborate. You profit. Look fear in the face and press on. Simi strong. Life is tough, but so are we. Sim genetics. Profit through science. Count your blessings. Another sunrise, a new start. Stand together. Stand strong. Semental. The Working Ranch Podcast is brought to you this week by these great partners. Pharmatan, Neogen, Cattle Max, the American Semental Association, and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. 
and of course in collaboration with Working Ranch Magazine. By the way, the captain says the new January-February issue, it is ready. going to be headed to your mailbox. Now, if you're not a subscriber to the Working Ranch Magazine, it's simple. All you have to do, go to the website at workingranchmag.com. At the very top of the website, click subscribe. I can tell you, if you are in the livestock business, this is the one magazine that you can definitely use. Well, today my guest is Tyler Norvell, who is president of the Oklahoma Youth Expo, also a board member of the Cattlemen's Congress. And of course, as we talked about at the top of the program, that is the focus of our show today is the Cattlemen's Congress. And Tyler, start right off the bat. Boy, I tell you what, when you guys hit the waves that this was going to happen, it hit big time. And let's talk about how this all came together. Yeah, it was kind of ironic. Our my full-time job and my staff is running the Oklahoma Youth Expo, which is the junior livestock show in Oklahoma City every March. And uh, our chairman of the board is Mr. Bob Funk, who owns Express Ranches, the largest seed stock producer of Angus cattle in the world. And uh, we were sitting in our offices in Oklahoma City whenever uh, Denver decided they weren't going to be able to have their event. And there were rumors around many other shows canceling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mr. Funk called me right away and said, hey, can we move this thing to Oklahoma City? Can you have a cattle show in Oklahoma City? And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> and he said, well, let's try. And so here we are today. I tell people all the time, I feel like the dog that's been chased in the truck. And finally, I caught it and not sure what to do now. And I think my staff feels <laughs> the same way. But yeah. uh, we immediately begin to work on dates. And we called the state fairgrounds, Oklahoma State Fairgrounds, and said, hey, uh, the first couple of weeks of January, are there openings to have a livestock show? Because um, you may be aware or may not be aware of this. They've had the World Quarter Horse Show, the National mm-hmm. Rating Horse Show, all those events there during the pandemic, done in a very healthy and safe fashion. Um, and we called them. They said, yeah, we're actually open, and we would be open to that idea. Next, we called the state of Oklahoma and state government, and they said, we're open to it as long as you follow CDC guidelines. Mm-hmm. Next was the city of Oklahoma City, and they said, we're not going to tell you not to have it. So here we are today. Uh, immediately, we began to form a board of directors, which my, myself, I'm on. Gerald Callahan, the president and CEO of Express Ranches, is mm-hmm. our chairman. And then we have uh, five other board members, uh, Mr. Bob Funk, who I mentioned, Mr. Jimmy Harrell, who are both Oklahoma Youth Expo board members, along with three board members from particular breed associations. We have Jacqueline Upperman with the Angus Association, Shane Bedwell with the Herefords, and Blake Nelson with the Mains. And that's our board of directors. And unlike our show at OYE, where I'm hired by a board and and in charge of making a lot of the decisions, we make a lot of the decisions as a board of directors. And so – um, we're here today. It's taken so, so many people to get where we are right now. And uh, we're very optimistic and excited about our event starting here in the next 10 days. You bet. Let's talk about the format a little bit because you've had experience in the stock show. You know what this is like, but you've also got a lot of folks that have come together to make this all an event that's going to happen. So let's talk about how the format of this is going to look like. Yes. So we immediately reached out to all the breed associations uh, that have events at uh, Denver or the larger breeds and said, Hey, we're thinking about having an event here. What's your thought? Because what makes Denver so unique in Cattlemen's Congress now is that there's so many production sales where genetics trade hands. And mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in hardly any other show. Uh, we're going to have 17 different sales during this event. And we've told the breeds, we can provide the framework for you to have a stock show for your particular breeds, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to run the show themselves. And that's the agreement we came up with. So each of the breeds run their shows okay. within the schedule, but we're in charge of the logistics of getting people in and out, making sure they're stalled, making sure vendors are there and the things they need, and that we're working with the local government, 
to make sure we're doing what they feel is safe and appropriate for the current pandemic. So we're very excited. Of course, people need to come with the mindset of, I'm going to have to wear a mask. I'm going to have to socially distance. I'm going to have to do things the right way, or this is going to get canceled. So we have been very uh, much encouraging folks to get online and read our guidelines. They won't shock you. They're not much different anywhere else you've been, Mm -hmm. but the thing is we're going to have to follow them. So that's kind of how it all came uh, together and how how it's going to look. You know, as you mentioned, our first show starts on January 4th with the Gelbys and Red Angus that day and runs all the way to January 17th, uh, where we are going to have a prospect steer and heifer show along with the market steer show, just like they did at Denver. So uh, lots and lots of excitement and lots of uh, interest in the event. Tyler Norvell is my guest today as we are talking the new Cattlemen's Congress that's set to take place January 2nd through the 17th. We're not done in our conversation. We're going to have more with Tyler when we come back. Stay with us. Scours. Scours? Scours. Uh-huh. Last winter, the word from ranchers is that they dealt with high death loss of calves from cryptosporidium and coccidiosis. Not to mention that none of us like to treat those calves. But here's the good word. There have been significant reductions in that death loss due to scours from using Pharmatan. Pharmatan sweet chestnut tannin is nature's answer to scours. And it's very easy to feed. It can be added to loose mineral, mixed into tubs, into mineral blocks, fed in calf creep. But here's the deal. Crute, now pay attention. Your cows need to have Pharmatan in their system 90 days pre-calving, all right? Just head to PharmatanUSA.com or call anytime at 515-745-1639. That's 515-745-1639. Get rid of scours and improve gut health with Pharmatan. F-A-R-M-A-T-A-N-U-S-A.com. Scours? Nope. Not this year. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Podcast. Justin Mills here with my guest today, Tyler Norwell, who is president of the Oklahoma Youth Expo, but also a board member of the Cattlemen's Congress. That event set to take place January 2nd through the 17th in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And as we heard in the top of the uh, the first segment, kind of how it came together. But Tyler, you know, last year when a lot of the shows, or actually this year, but earlier on, when a lot of the major shows, uh, such as those down in Texas and up through the up through the rest of the part of the country had to cancel their shows you know it was the kids that really took a hit on this and you guys are going to have some market class elements to there some added money for these market shows let's talk about that yes uh you know the arizona national had to cancel and then denver and that's the main steer show for kids across the country for that time of year late december early january and uh, we felt it necessary to have a market steer show here at Cattlemen's Congress to give those young people an opportunity to exhibit the steers they've been feeding for maybe up to a year getting ready for this. And uh, we have uh, well over $75,000 in added money for the market steer show for those young people. Um, we have uh, uh, well over 300 head entered right now, which is bigger than what they've had at Denver and Phoenix. We'll see how many show up, but mm-hmm. lots and lots of interest in that show. And uh, unlike Phoenix and Denver, those young people will be able to take those steers home with them too. You know, usually the top end make a premium sell there. We're not going to have a premium sell, just a guaranteed flat premium for how you do. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get to take their animals home with them. So a lot of excitement around that market steer show for sure. So tell me about the facilities where the Cattlemen's Congress will be hosted in Oklahoma City. Yes, sir. The folks at the OKC Fairgrounds have been great to work with. Of course, we work with them every year during Oklahoma Youth Expo and People really don't realize that about OYE. You know, we're a standalone nonprofit. We go and rent the fairgrounds from OKC Fairgrounds every single spring. 
so we already had that working relationship. So when we went to rent, they said, Hey, we're used to working with you. This won't be a problem. And uh, it, a lot of folks that had never been to the OKC fairgrounds have been blown away. Um, a couple of weeks after we announced we had the show, I believe it was in late October, we had one person from each of the breeds come down and tour the facility mm -hmm. and they were just blown away. Um, I can't tell you the exact square footage, but the OKC fairgrounds tells us they have the largest area of indoor heated stalling area of any facility in the country. And it is massive. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to have to be massive to fit all the cattle we have coming uh, over the next month to Oklahoma City. But the facilities are great. Uh, we will have the Hill Show like you have in Denver. We'll, that show will take place in Newark Arena. That's our big state fair arena. Uh, we'll have two nice show rings in there. And the good thing about that is the seating capacity in that arena is 10,000 people hmm. and we can only go to 25% capacity. So we can still get 2,500 people in there, which isn't going to be an issue. Sure. Uh, people just have to space out, wear masks. And then they have two other arenas that are the same size or larger than state fair arena. And we'll have the pinball show in one of those. And then we're going to have the herd sire display in another area. So one thing that will be different is we don't have the yards like they do mm -hmm. all the pins where you can display cattle like they do at Denver, but we're, we're going to be able to make up for that. It's just going to look and feel a little bit different. Sure. You know, the yards always demonstrate some of the pin type stuff. You're still, you still have the pin shows and some of that just, it's a different format of where it's going to be at though. That's right. That's right. We still have a pin format. We have some areas where they'll be able to turn the bulls loose in a pin. Some folks have elected to tie their pin bulls in with their other cattle. So it, it, the state fair grounds is kind of interesting. There's the livestock barns are split by what we call barn row. It's a lane that you can unload in that splits the barns in half. And one side of the road will be, will be all hill cattle. And the other side, for the most part, will be the yard cattle and the pin bulls. There'll be a few areas where there's some hill cattle tied in. Mm -hmm. But Instead of having a hill and a yard here, we'll just have a road that splits us in half. What are you estimating at this point in time? And I know I know entries versus actually what shows up are two different things, but what are you kind of projecting for numbers? I think we'll have north of 5,000 head of cattle is what we'll have over the 17-day period. So at first, that number gives you sticker shock, and then you think <laughs> about it being spread over 17, 15 days. It's not quite as bad. You can space people in an appropriate manner. So we're looking at that five to 6,000 showing up. A lot of people are very encouraged by what you guys chose to do and kind of pick up the baton and, and move forward with a, a winter show. Um, but, you know, the other side of it is, is what's the future of Denver? You've taken some of that, that date or that time frame that Denver typically was. What is the future? I mean, what are you guys seeing down there? I don't have a good feel for what the future of Denver is for sure. I mean, there's no doubt it, it we want it to happen. We need Denver to be successful and continue to happen. But just being candid with you, what scares me is not the folks that run that show. It's the politics of the mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. And is the opportunity going to be there? You think back, uh, you know, Chicago yep. was such a huge event that the international and, you know, they had to move it to Louisville because of politics and it doesn't exist. It exists, but not where it started. Yep. And then you look out in California at the Cow Palace in San Francisco it used to be such a prestigious show. And now it doesn't exist because of politics. And, and, and yes, I'm concerned personally is is Denver next because you know unlike Oklahoma where we have massive backing from our government officials on the state and local level to have our events they're not having that in Denver and you know so I mean I hope their future's bright and I hope they have a show next year but but is will politics allow them to have that so 
Um, you know, a lot of people have asked if we're going to have this show next year, or what's our future of, of this event. And at this time, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We really don't. Uh, and that's a genuine answer. You know, if this goes well and it's successful and there's a lot of push to continue to have it, you know, we'll, we'll look we'll look at doing that. But if, you know, if it's a one-year need to fill a gap, we understand that too. So we're not making any commitments at this point, but it's the number one question I get is, what's the future of Calvin's Congress? <laughs> and I just can't answer that yet. So Tyler Norvell is my guest with the Cattlemen's Congress. Coming up January 2nd through the 17th in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. If you'd like to find out more information, you can go to their website at cattlemanscongress.com. Again, it's cattlemanscongress.com. That'll give you uh, an idea of what's going on, schedule of what all is going on in Oklahoma City for this. And Tyler, thanks for joining us. Wish you guys the very best of luck this year. Thank you. And I might add, anybody can watch the event at live auctions. You can watch any of the sales or any of the shows during the entire event at live auctions. All right. And again, thanks to my guest today, Tyler Norvell with the Cattlemen's Congress set to get started January 4th in Oklahoma City. Stay with us when we come back here on the Working Ranch Podcast. We're going to be talking with Don Day and our long-term weather. How would you like an easier way to organize and manage your ranch records? It's easy with CattleMax, the software for people who raise cattle. CattleMax brings all your ranch records together in one place. Manage your cattle data, including health treatments, breeding, and calving. Ranch records, such as equipment inventory and maintenance income and expenses. It works for any size herd. See how easy it is to manage your ranch records. Start free now at CattleMax.com. Neogen. You know your cow herd better than anyone else. All of those countless hours spent planning your breeding rotation. The best bulls to use. Which replacements to keep? Should I even keep replacements? It sure didn't come easy. We understand that. Neogen. So let Igenity from Neogen take care of what's underneath the hide. Igenity plus Invigor, we've talked about it on the radio show, is an advanced, accurate, and economical DNA profile that reveals the genetic potential you need to build a stronger herd. Paired with the industry's first heterosis tool, Invigor, increased Igenity plus Invigor scores can lead to greater fertility in your females and more profit at the rail. Here's what you need to do. Go to IgenityBeef.com to select with confidence today. IgenityBeef.com. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Podcast. Justin Mills, your host. Now with us is Don Day, meteorologist uh, that has been joining us on several of our podcasts to talk about more of a long-term weather. And Don, we know we're kind of in a La Nina pattern, uh, but... There are some major Arctic masses that are just kind of hanging up there, and they just you're just kind of thinking, man, I hope they don't come south. But what what's going to happen with those things? That's a really good question, and that's what a lot of folks are wondering because we have had, for the most part, a very mild winter so far. We haven't had a prolonged cold snap or anybody that's really gone into the deep freeze. Uh, we're starting to see more winter weather, and we're going to be seeing more winter weather between now and the first week of the new year as the weather coast to coast is going to get a little bit more busy with better snow opportunities and cold. But will we get into that 30, 20 below temperatures that are developing up in those higher latitudes? In fact, we're starting to see some minus 40s in Greenland, Mm -hmm. minus 30, minus 40 in some of those higher areas. So the cold air is building up and we're getting teased by some of our computer modeling 
which is showing the opportunity for some of those Arctic air masses to drop further south into southern Canada, into the lower 48 states. And in fact, we're seeing that today. Uh, we're seeing some of the, the computer modeling that goes out to 10 to 14 days, indicating that perhaps across parts of the northern plains, possibly the northern Rockies, some really cold air coming in right after the new year. But one thing that happens, Justin, in a, in a La Nina is you tend to get these really strong jet stream winds that go across the globe. And to get those Arctic air masses to get a chance to drop south, you have to have some weaknesses in the jet stream that allows that cold air mass to slide south underneath those strong winds. If you have these strong jet stream winds that kind of hold that Arctic air up in a La Nina, a lot of times you'll see the coldest air get locked up north. And the opportunities for dropping south becomes a little bit less in a La Nina. But the thing that pulls a forecaster's hair out is that in a La Nina, you have these variable patterns to where things slow down enough that Arctic air could cut loose. And one thing that happens is that a lot of times you don't have a lot of warning. We like to say that we can go out seven to ten days with a forecast, and sometimes we can. But a lot of times these Arctic outbreaks in the La Nina will happen with maybe two or three days notice. So you really want to stay on your toes. This will be especially too for folks listening to this podcast across the prairie provinces of Canada, the Northern Rockies and the Northern Plains, as well as the upper Great Lakes. Now you've talked about maybe the Corn Belt starting to see a little of uh, winter weather coming their way. In fact, they're going to see a little bit of weather just in time for Christmas. Uh, there's going to be a storm system and a cold front moving through. We're going to see a, a Minnesota, Wisconsin, eastern areas of Nebraska and Iowa have some chances for a little bit of snow. Some of that will get into the northern and western areas of the Corn Belt, along with temperatures that will be uh, in some areas of the Corn Belt down into the low teens, even near 10 degrees. Now, I got to ask on behalf of the captain, he's down in Las Vegas, Nevada, or Henderson, Nevada, and so they've been dry. They have been really dry. Any moisture coming out of the Pacific, uh, south, southern Pacific, that's going to help with some of the drought down in the south part of the country? Well, for the first time in several weeks, Justin, I can say there is actually a chance. There's a storm system that is going to take the track as far as south as we've seen it in a while, going into central California by late Sunday into Monday of this upcoming week. Now, if it takes that track, it is going to take a path across Nevada towards that Four Corners region and then swing through the uh, central high plains by early to middle of next week. Now, while I'm not talking about a lot of precipitation for Nevada, uh, including Las Vegas, I think there's some on the way. Even Southern California could be looking at its first decent chance of rain in quite a while. So we're changing things up a little bit. We're Mm -hmm. actually looking at maybe some precipitation early next week in those areas. Well, Donna, wish you the very best. Thanks for joining us. Wish you the best in 2021. You too. Happy New Year. All right. Don Day, my guest today as we talk long-term weather here. By the way, if you would like to tune in more to his daily podcast, you can go to dayweather.com and you can uh, take a look there and uh, find out what he's tracking on a daily basis. We're going to be back right after this. Sound familiar, right? It should. Part of the commercials that you've been hearing for the past year from the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. 
We've talked a lot about it, but have you tried it? So let's just talk plainly, candidly. No music, no ha-ha, funny sound bites, just rancher to rancher. The feeder profit calculator is free. There's no hidden costs. Now, they can't promise that because you use the IGS feeder profit calculator this upcoming marketing season that your calves are going to blow the doors off the sale barn. They can't promise that, but, but here's what they can say. That if you get an extra dollar for those calves, does it make a difference? Well, 100 calves at 500 pounds and a dollar more this fall gives you an extra $500 to the paycheck. And it didn't cost you anything but a few hours worth of work. So you know what happens when you do nothing? Nothing. The IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. It's free. It's fast. Period. Thank you to our sponsors of the Working Ranch Podcast, Cattle Max, PharmaTan, Neogen, the American Simmental Association, and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. I would like to thank my guests as well, Tyler Norvell with the Cattlemen's Congress. Good luck to all those folks as they get things ready to f- get fired up here at the first of the year. That event, uh, the full dates of it, January 2nd through the 17th in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I think the very first events start on Monday, January 4th. And also, you can watch all of those on liveauctions.tv. Thank you to meteorologists Don Day for joining me as well, and the Captain Tim O'Byrne for Tim's Two Cents. This has been a production of the Working Ranch Magazine. If your livelihood, interest, or hobbies includes cattle and horses, you know you're missing out if you don't have the Working Ranch Magazine sitting right there on your kitchen table. You can find out more about the Working Ranch Magazine. Go to workingranchmag.com. At the top of the page, you can click subscribe to get started. Now, if you have questions, ideas for topics on the show, or would like to get a hold of me, it's simple to do. You can call or text the studio here at 307-363-COWS, or you can shoot me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. Well, as we come to the close of yet another year, I do wish for you the very best in 2021. And as 2020 rides off into the distance, may we remember it like Aunt Nellie's Christmas fruitcake. It looked good when it started, just too many fruits and nuts in the middle of it, and you hope you never have to eat it again. Thanks again for joining me. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.